Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Diminishing Returns. We're sort of looking at a film we've technically covered before, but we only spoke about it very, very briefly in the bulk of our King Kong episode about about 150 episodes ago that was so <laughs> do feel free to look that up if you want but uh this week we're doing a, a proper full-on episode deep dive into king kong versus godzilla joining me as always is alan hello and we are joined first time uh this week by special guest mr james perkins Hello, thank you for having me. Thanks for thanks for being here. Yeah. So yeah, well, what, we've done a bit of Godzilla and Kong on the show before, haven't we, Alan? Like I like I sort of just said, we we did a King Kong episode. All of it, haven't we? All the new stuff, I think. We we've done a. In fact, we have. You're right. We we did a King Kong episode quite early on, and we tried to cover all the King Kong films that we could think. We, we of. We covered a lot of the history. Yeah. Much more recently, we did a big, huge Godzilla two-parter episode where we focused in on a few Godzilla highlights, really. But in between those, I I went through all 23 or so Godzilla films just going, and then this one's all right, I guess, and this one's rubbish, and then... But the point is, we were we were sort of doing all that to tie into Kong Skull Island, the 2017 film, I think. Yeah, that's correct. It's mad. To, it's just mad. Just on a side note, to think that, that was four years ago. I actually yeah. rewatched Kong Skull Island the other day, and it, to me, it's still the best film in the MonsterVerse, but not my favorite. I think it, you know, it's it's the best in terms of plot and execution yeah. and storyline. But in terms of like my favourite one that I enjoyed watching the most, I mean, it's King of the Monsters, of course. (laughs) Well, that's it. Then we did this huge Godzilla two-parter to tie into Godzilla King of the Monsters when that came out the two years later, 2019, was it? Or was it 2018? 2019. So I think when I first started going down the rabbit hole of like, ooh, I'm going to rent out specific films that I can watch, you know, choose rather than relying on what's on TV or whatever, King Kong vs. Godzilla was one of the first ones I went to. And I remember just being so disappointed. (laughs) Because I loved loved the idea of King Kong. I think it was probably before I even watched the first Godzilla. But I don't know, I'd spent years like really excited about the idea of seeing these films, and I'd played some of the video games, I had a Mechagodzilla toy when I was really young that I loved playing with, but I guess it, it kind of set the tone for my opinion on the films, which, you know, largely I think the Japanese original Godzilla films, I, I think the original Godzilla is incredible, and then mm-hmm. pretty much immediately with Godzilla Raids Again, the second one, they kind of become a bit crap for the most part the the sequels are nothing like the the first film it it just immediately becomes like monsters having a fight with no real depth to it i mean most of them most of them have some sort of overarching theme or or like political or social commentary to them i mean obviously Mm. that is that is so prevalent in the original and that's what makes the original so great but a lot of the time when it's woven into the uh the story of the sequels it kind of falls a little bit a little bit flat and uh, with a lot of the other sequels you kind of just go into it thinking i just kind of want to have have fun and seeing people in monster costumes slapping each other about throwing <laughs> each other around having a bit of fun so it, it must be said king kong versus godzilla was only the um 
the third Godzilla film, I think, ever made. Because I, I think, like I say, I think a lot of people don't realise, but Godzilla was always about crossing over in this monsterverse, um, even back in the, the 60s. Because I think most people just think Mothra or uh, Rodan are characters from Godzilla. But no, Mothra was a, a film of its own from 1961 and Rodan had a film in 19... Same director. Yeah, 1956. And, and, and I don't know. I don't know if those films were made with the intention of them being set in the same world or not. My my guess is probably not. It was probably an afterthought. Like, let's just... I a... think, mm. yeah, from, from my understanding, Godzilla obviously came out in 54. Yeah. And people loved that film so much. And then with the follow-up, again, gaining such a, a, a cult following already, the idea, I think the it was the idea of giant monsters just really appealed to people especially in asia so i think they were trying out all these stuff i mean there are plenty of monsters that have either had their own film or appeared once in a godzilla movie and they kind of haven't worked but Mm. they've they've tried all these things and they were just quite fortunate with was it rodan was in 56 56 yeah 56 yeah and then mothra in 61 they had interesting themes in them and uh, relatively coherent and interesting human plot amongst the the idea of this giant monster causing havoc for one reason or another and the, those those just worked so obviously with the ones that worked on their own and then trying to merge them together some worked some didn't and then obviously some started off as antagonists of Godzilla and ended up becoming friends <laughs> who who was it who was it who came up with the idea of a a giant moth and thought that was a good idea because like a giant like prehistoric creature dinosaur thing great yeah giant ape fantastic giant moth no how is that how is that like number three in the list as opposed to like okay we're really desperate now go, well, let's go with moth they're always eating your clothes aren't they i mean that's... i i find i'm not a fan of moths but a giant Neither one if I. anything is less scary than one that can get in my house yeah, you're yeah, actually ab- quite absolutely. scared of moths, aren't you, Alan? <laughs> so am I. Honestly, the, the people talk about being scared of snakes or spiders. For me, it's moths. Yet, mm. I'm like, oh, look at that cute giant moth flying around. Oh, she's lovely. And <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I don't know what it is. Like People ask me, why do you like Mothra? But I, I'm like, I don't know. Have you guys ever seen any of the, like, the fuck-off massive moths you get out in the woods? Like an elephant moth, for example. Mm. Oh, I've, I've, yeah. I've seen them, you know, when you go to, like... Uh... You know, zoos or whatever they have. A, they have the butterfly house and moths and stuff. <laughs> yeah, these huge moths. Ugh, gross. I mean, I, I worked on. I worked on a series of Spring Watch, and there were people who would just, you know, their whole job was to basically go around, and <laughs> they'd come up to you with their hands cupped and say, "Hey, look at this," and they'd have just like the freakiest 10 centimeters across moth that they just found in a tree or something and yeah i i I don't know i think they're pretty um they can be very beautiful insects i think moths i don't really bother they're just annoying as hell (laughs) (laughs) but is is mothra about a terrifying giant moth in i i guess it is but it was of that era of cinema and hollywood made plenty of these Mm. too you know them from the 50s is about giant ants and it's like is that any different to a giant moth like there was a point in cinema where they were just making films about every animal if it was massive (laughs) humans included you know we had attack (laughs) of the 50 foot woman and 
various Frankenstein kaiju movies as well. <laughs> with with the original Moth, uh, Mothra movie, it's kind of, for, for me, the theme that I got out of it was leaving nature to run its course, mm. not, not removing nature or wildlife from its original habitat. So it's all, it's kind of like, a, again, a social commentary on, you know, if you see something quite magical and wonderful, if it wants to be left alone, leave it alone. We we certainly don't get that in King Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Nick the Giant Ape, get him. Alan, which version of this did you watch? I'm guessing you didn't bother watching both of them. I I could only find the American uh, version actually. I could I couldn't even yeah, find the, the Japanese awful one. Awful dub. So. When I first watched this film, I watched the Japanese cut uh, with subtitles. But digging up a copy to watch last night just to refresh my memory. Yeah, it was the American one <laughs> dubbed. My memory is that there's not a a world of difference uh, between the two. There's obviously some scenes with Americans in the American version just kind of dropping exposition and saying, oh, Godzilla's 100 metres away from King Kong now. They're, they're about to fight. Okay, let's see what's happening. Yeah, the exposition dumps are like really, really... Um, <laughs> what's, the, what's the word? They, they really draw you out. It's like, oh, we're going to talk about these berries and then we're going <laughs> yeah. we're, we're to show you a, a satellite and we're now in Japan. Yeah, in the opening scene, we have the so we it's essentially a news reporter and he's like, oh, news from Japan, this is happening, and there's just this like big jar of red balls on his <laughs> desk. <laughs> where, where are they going with this? That's a weird prop to just have there, but it does get it does get mentioned. Glacier cherries, aren't they? Yeah. That it's like these benzo berries that oh, they look nice though. Drug exactly. you up. It looks like when my grandma used to bake a cake and she'd get the cherries out when I was a kid and every time I'd be like, oh. And it was a special thing, she'd let me have one cherry. <laughs> what I loved with the with the exposition scenes, there's a bit near the end where someone sort of basically says, what the fuck's going on? Like, <laughs> it's, a, it's a giant fucking lizard. And, and this other guy just sort of says like, he says it's probably a dinosaur. The guy's like, what? It can't be a dinosaur. That's ridiculous. And then the other guy goes, well, look, Godzilla's here, and he's clearly alive, so, I mean, that's the best theory I got. And I just love that, for a film to just sort of say, look, this is happening, go with it. Go with this, it. this is the best theory we could come up with to justify it. I don't know, I just, it felt like a really nice way of just kind of hand-waving the whole thing, and I was like, yeah, that's fine, that's cool. Well, see, that, that actually leads quite nicely into like my overall opinion on the new, the new version. The, the monsterverse has never been the epitome of deep, interesting characters or storytelling. Mm. For, for me with this, it's coming at a perfect time with the monumental shit year that everybody <laughs> on the planet has had. Mm -hmm. I just want to see two giant monsters beating the ever-loving shit out of each other. I don't care if the human element is crap, because for me, we've got a, we've got Kong Skull Island, which I which I thought told a really good story with 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 interesting characters and good dynamics. Uh, but similarly to King of the Monsters, I just want to see familiar giant monsters beating each other up. I'm actually excited to see them fight in a way that looks good. Because here, well, yeah, exactly the special effects. Yeah, in this film, yeah. the fighting plays like comically. Really, it it, it feels like <laughs> you're watching two kids squabbling. It reminded me, Alan, of Boogie Nights. You know when um when John C. Riley first meets Marky Mark, and he's like, "Oh yeah, what's what's the most you've ever bench pressed?" 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it reminds me of that when Godzilla meets King Kong. Like, King Kong zaps a helicopter. So then Godzilla just picks up a boulder and, like, tosses it aside. Like, they're just showing off to each other these, like, feats of their strength. But how it's shot, yeah, it's just... That kind of works well, because, obviously, up until now, these two have been arguably the most famous two giant monsters. And, you know, have continued to be the two Mm. most famous giant monsters up until this very, very day. So yeah, it it is kind of you know it is very very campy from the from the start. So it keeps that that really really camp tone. But I I I got no real sense of animosity between the two, and it actually no, that, it's, it's, it's just it. my my dick's bigger than yours. So <laughs> yeah, it that's is. it. It just it actually played. I actually found it really sweet. <laughs> I actually thought like, oh, here's two two little kids who are like destined to be best mates, and they're just like chucking rocks at each other for a laugh. <laughs> and they're kind of having a bit of a squabble, but they're they're going to be best friends at the end of this. <laughs> well, what what I found interesting about the film as a whole, like what the film was saying to us, was we were very much on King Kong's side. There was like everyone hates Godzilla, but King Kong is going to save us. And then King Kong like starts trampling on your house. It's like, oh god, we got to kill King Kong. Hang on. No, hang on, no, let's go and get him to. They, but we were on King Kong's side all the time, so it did kind of give away the ending somewhat. I did wonder if that was something that came out in the American cut compared to the Japanese yeah. one. Because, you know, obviously King Kong is an American Hollywood kaiju, whereas Godzilla isn't. I don't think it was. I did do a little bit of reading it. And I think it was basically, you know, Godzilla is the villain. We've seen Godzilla before. He's in the he's the bad guy in those Godzilla films. It's only the third Godzilla film. And I think you're right. I think at this point, Godzilla was still firmly the bad guy. Uh, he becomes more of a an anti-hero, sometimes just a straight-up superhero in some of the subsequent films. But yeah, I think at this point he's still just meant to be a menace. And and I did think actually that the scene where they they break him out of an iceberg in this film, I thought <laughs> actually did play really nicely. Like the special effects are a bit wonky, but just conceptually, that was one of the few moments where I was like, yeah, you know, I, I if I imagine this done nowadays with good special effects and everything it would be really mm. cool i did i got the impression certainly from the american version that the idea is this godzilla has just turned up uh and we've never seen it before but everyone knows what our godzilla is as opposed to well you know 10 years ago godzilla came and attacked mm. this and and this was a new thing but everyone just was like oh a godzilla coming to to japan yeah fair enough okay <laughs> like as if that was a perfectly normal thing that happened not again <laughs> 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 Exactly. I was hiding in an iceberg, that cheeky. <laughs> well, yeah, because in the Japanese version, because I've only seen the American version of King Kong vs. Godzilla, but it says here on Wikipedia that um, the Japanese version, he's been trapped in that iceberg since uh, Godzilla raids again. Mm. Oh, so they, he is supposed to be the same Godzilla. Yeah, I, I same, think so. He's the, the same Godzilla canonically, yeah. I, throughout this franchise, it's incredibly inconsistent with that, whether or not it's the same Godzilla each time. Or You've kind of got to take and, it within the different eras, haven't you, yeah. as well? That, that's where that comes into play, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit. And I, I think a lot of the time it is just down to the translation on the subtitles or the dub that you're watching as well. I think a lot of the time they just try and simplify things. Well, I, I did note that we, we didn't see King Kong until about half an hour in. That's when we finally get the King Kong reveal. Yeah, with the giant octopus. Yes, with a giant which, octopus. Which, which is very nicely uh, referenced in Kong Skull Island, where that is 
the the first monster uh, that we see Kong fight, and he ends up ripping off his tentacle and eating him. Yeah, is he covered in cling film in that as well? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Uh, yes, the shots of the a real uh, octopus or whatever it actually was were quite fun, you know, just blobbing mm, over things. Cool. Yeah. But then whenever they needed to actually fight <laughs> a man in a, a very crap <laughs> ape suit. Yeah. That that's what I thought. It was every time the two monsters actually had to properly physically engage with one another, it was just hilarious. It was just like watching a a couple of petulant kids squabbling. Like it, it was like watching a, mm. a, a a weird wrestling match where they couldn't quite get a solid grip on one another and one of them would just be flailing around like grabbing at the dirt and <laughs> oh god the, the bit where king kong is uh fighting godzilla godzilla like whacks him he runs he runs away he hides around the corner then godzilla <laughs> walks past him and he grabs he grabs godzilla's tail it was just like i can't believe like this is well this that was that was the the like in the american version the the americans are talking about them and they established that godzilla has a brain the size of a marble Mm. whereas king kong has this huge ape human-like brain uh so he's very very smart and that seemed to be the justification for that yeah he's the smart one yeah smart uh brain power versus nuclear power <laughs> yes smart enough to hide behind a rock until he walked past <laughs> the best the best theory they have in this film as to where godzilla came from this is the american cut specifically i think is that he's a cross between a t-rex and a stegosaur <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's like at what point does the size come into play with that yeah but the thing is sol i know what you were thinking there you were thinking right stegosaurus late Jurassic period, Tyrannosaurus, late Cretaceous. <laughs> They're 90 million years apart. It doesn't make any sense. But but actually it makes perfect sense because obviously that's a Stegosaurus that for some reason is immortal or at least very long living. Well, he just got frozen in a block of ice. For well, if everyone in your species had died out, how many millions of years would it be before you tried to shag something else? <laughs> <laughs> exactly 90 million maybe so we've got a horny stegosaurus who shagged the tyrannosaurus rex had a had a baby a godzilla and obviously passed on its immortality genes and that's and that's the obvious explanation of godzilla it was also like a hundred times bigger than a t-rex somehow just well know, it was a hard hard labor but you know got there in the end <laughs> <laughs> um, but but going back to the the size, the size is obviously very important because um, at various points in the the what now almost seventy year history, Godzilla has had various different designs and he's been various different heights. I mean, you you don't have to go seventy years. He's various different heights within the scenes of this film. <laughs> well, yeah, within like, well, from yeah. shot to shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so so it, I think it was it. Um, King Kong is slightly shorter in this version in the monsterverse version that we're getting they are now both the same size because yeah. in kong skull island which is set in the 70s he was only a baby back then that's how they oh um, right that, that's, well, that's, actually a, that's, that's actually a line that's actually a line of dialogue in kong skull island is like oh yeah Kong's just an ad- adolescent. He's still growing. So that's yeah, why I, I, in the 50s... I remember that. I just didn't realise that was their justification. Yeah, that's the justification <laughs> as to why when you see that shot in the trailer of Godzilla and Kong on right. the aircraft carrier, they're both the same height, is is because he's now, he's now fully grown. He can have more of a fair fight 
with Godzilla, considering that much like in the original, he uh, Godzilla has the edge, considering he has a bloody atomic breath. Uh, <laughs> so you know, just to what just they do in the original, the though they they add in this power out of nowhere that yeah. King Kong can charge up on electricity, and if he gets struck by lightning, makes by him it. really powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they just need to pull something out of their ass to give King Kong a, a new ability in the new film. Godzilla needs to play the long game, and because he's radioactive, just hang around long enough and Kong will die of lymphoma. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then they just he just uh, strides into victory. <laughs> I mean, it's something people have been talking about a lot online. I've seen a lot of the who's going to win kind of discussions and i i mean i don't know i just i can't see a film in this day and age i can't see it being as straightforward as godzilla wins or king kong wins like it's nah. gonna be they become friends and that both their mums called martha and they have to team up to fight <laughs> no both bad guy but, it's like not it. martha it's Mothra. <laughs> what did you say did you say Mothra? Damn it! Now we have to fight together. No, but, but, but that's 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 the thing, right? Because obviously, in the original, you, you can say King Kong is pronounced the winner. You know, we see him at the end, and he's like, "See that, guys? I'm just gonna go chill." He will literally, yeah. He just swims off. Doesn't yeah, he? he's, he's like, like, "Bye, I've won. <laughs> see ya." And then that's the end of the that. film. Yeah. So I think a lot of people are are wanting a definitive winner in this. Obviously, the you know we we've mentioned the Batman v Superman reference and countless other people have and i think it's painstakingly obvious that you know there's going to be part of the new movie where they are battling and then they have to team up to defeat a common enemy and i I don't think that's a bad thing in 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 terms of the monster verse like i'm Mm. totally fine with that and i mean i mean can we talk about like theories and the stuff that we've seen you know the trailer's out there so yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, I mean, we we we're pretty sure. I think we can come to a conclusion that the the common enemy is going to be Mecha Godzilla, right? I mean, that makes sense to to it me. Make, yeah. It makes sense. And also, if you look in 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 the first four seconds of the trailer, where those people are running down the stairs, in the background, you can see some sort of metallic giant metallic thing with red eyes you're like well that's uh, well that's james, james has forensically analyzed this trailer already. <laughs> no, believe me like i said before the show i've watched the trailer like probably close to a thousand times no joke uh i've had it on repeat for, for ever since it came out a few weeks ago but there, there, there's so many things that point to it being mechagodzilla and some people are thinking oh is it mechagodzilla fighting king kong and uh, fighting kong sorry not not, not te- technically king kong um but is it is it mecha godzilla with like the the skin suit on because he's done that before in the past um but i think the actual godzilla versus kong that we see in the trailer is actually the real godzilla he just happens to come to blow with kong due to the fact that godzilla is pissed off that someone is making a mechanized version of him mm. <laughs> i think it's going to be like classic Sonic the Hedgehog where Knuckles thinks Sonic's the bad guy because he's yeah. seen... Or Shadow, yeah. Shadow, it's going to be yeah. that King Kong sees Mechagodzilla smashing up his island and then he goes, he chases him to New York or wherever and then he goes, ah, oh, there you are, you look roughly the same silhouette, give or take, <laughs> you must be the same person and attacks Godzilla <laughs> thinking that he's Mechagodzilla. And also, I'm calling it now... Mecha King Kong, 
will <laughs> debut in this film. Yeah. Well, if you've totally run out of ideas, it's time to make a King Kong. Yeah, in uh, King Kong Escapes in 1967, there's Mechanicong. Oh, God. That's, yeah, so, so that's the thing. I mean, like I said, after the year that we've had... I just want to see giant monsters beat each other up again. And if 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 it is the the easy way out of going, Kong and Godzilla will have a bit of a spat, and then they have to team up. I'm totally fine with that because you know, at the end of the day, it's giant monsters. Don't mm. take it so seriously, says the guy who's watched the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, you know. I I don't know how. Like I I've had some bad times in my life. I've never thought. You know what I need. Two monsters Giant hitting monsters. each other. It's never been the go-to thing for me. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we had very different childhoods then. <laughs> Have you tried hard drugs and alcohol? That's what I recommend. Uh, funnily enough, no. <laughs> my my favourite part in the whole film, by the way, the original uh, mm-hmm. King Kong versus Godzilla, there's a bit when they're fighting near the end and King Kong's kind of losing the squabble with their arms going at each other. So he reaches down, he plucks a tree out of the ground, and then oh, he yeah, shoves, it, shoves down it, it shoves it down Godzilla's throat. Like, um, <laughs> is it Alien when they, like, shove a magazine? The, the <laughs> yeah, Ash tries to mag- kill Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, with a, with yeah it, it's, it's like that. He's, like, shoving a tree down Godzilla's throat, and Godzilla's reaction is just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, he's just... <laughs> Godzilla just looks absolutely perplexed like he, he sort of bats him away <laughs> why why did you put a tree in my mouth it's just <laughs> it's so funny we haven't talked specifically about um you know a couple of comedy characters go down to an island that's like in indonesia or, or papua new guinea that kind of area and they find a lot of japanese people blacked up and that's where king kong lives and they they appease this god, the King Kong god, by getting him drunk. Uh, and King Kong is just a sort of a junkie that takes these drugged berries and then falls asleep. And then they have a party on. And his then head. they dance yeah. around him, yeah, <laughs> it was just... like Gulliver's Travels. <laughs> yeah. I I found it really odd that they kind of remake King Kong. They kind of do the expedition to the island, bringing him back. They sort of have all that in there. This isn't like a sequel to King Kong. It obviously doesn't work. No, it it, it's, it's, yeah. if anything, King Kong is kind of like this. This is this is a, a debut within the Godzilla universe for him. Yeah. So yeah, Go- King Kong is the newbie in this uh, in this equation. He, he gets he gets a debut victory like a like an up and comer <laughs> in the world of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> and can we can we talk about the shittest King Kong costume ever made? I mean, I think, Sol, you could probably make a better King Kong costume than that with what you've got knocking about the house, surely. <laughs> I, I had a faith in you to do that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's ever been a worse one. It's worse than the, it's worse than the ape costume in Trading Places, where another, <laughs> another ape apparently believes that he's a real gorilla or whatever. It is. <laughs> yeah, it probably is the worst one. I mean, I, I, there's a bit of charm to it. I like how long its arms are. It, it, re- it reminds me, actually, of Lanky Kong from Donkey Kong 64, <laughs> if that means anything to yeah. you. <laughs> He's got comically long arms, uh, which <laughs> kind of, you think, okay, that'll be good for slapping Godzilla about. <laughs> Obviously, obviously, with all the classic monster films, you know they're all people in in costumes. 
What? And Don't it... give away the magic. Whoa, sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> oh, my God. Santa doesn't exist either. <laughs> What what I what I love about 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 this is is looking looking back at these films with the you know a viewpoint of somebody who's grown up in the the era that we have is it you know it is very tongue in cheek and it is it's mm. all a bit silly but I I really appreciate it for for what it is and you know people say if you had a time machine where would you go back to and some people will say like you know 1966 world cup and all that sort of stuff but for me i would want to go back to this era but also be in a mindset where i've never seen a, another movie quite like it so i could i mm. I'd, i would love to have experienced these films as and when they were coming out just to see sort of how how terrifying and realistic in, at, at the time they would have been there are very few films these days that actually, you know, still sort of adopt that approach to it. I, I don't know if you're a fan of um, Attack on Titan, but they did, they did two live action movies. Oh, I've seen them as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. At the end of the, I believe it's the the first one, the Titan fight there is very, very reminiscent of your classic kaiju movies. It is two mm. two people in suits in front of a green screen having a tiffle, waving their arms <laughs> at each other, slapping each other about. And as dumb as that is, that was the bit, the only bit of the live action Attack on Titan movies, actually, that I actually enjoyed because it was just like, this is some dumb costume shit that we just don't see these days. And it was it was nice. It felt really refreshing. Yeah. Mm. I had a very similar experience in Crank 2, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if I could just pull us gently back to King Kong yes. versus Godzilla. Yes. Because these comic duo have found the King Kong, obviously. They've discovered they can get it drunk. So they go, oh, this is great. We can take it back to Japan. Brilliant. And then we sort of gloss over how they get it onto a giant raft um, yeah. <laughs> and attach it to a ship. And we just cut to them on a ship with it on a giant raft. Scale yeah. isn't quite right, but let's go with it. <laughs> and they've got the dynamite rigged up on the raft just in case. It's like the nuclear option. And, and they nearly fall on it. Once yeah, the dynamite twice, lever, the... the classic kind of <laughs> Acme uh, dynamite trigger, uh, is just out in the open where someone could trip on it. It's all it's all ready to go. It's it's armed because it really might be a last second thing where they have to suddenly destroy. Yeah, there's no like case they have to flip up to push <laughs> it down or anything. It's just yeah. But then King Kong starts waking up and moving around, and they're all like, "Oh my god, kill it!" And I just thought. <laughs> You didn't have a plan? Like, what did you... Did you think he was just going to sleep forever? Like, what was... What, what, what were you going to do? What was this plan? Use your super string. It's all... Yeah, but it's this, a silly thing. All these bits were comedy bits, and deliberately so. So, you know, at least it's sort of doing it deliberately. It's a, it is a very silly film. We haven't really established that. I think it, yeah. it's a very silly, childish comedy film. It's not trying to be a serious film at all. It's really odd because Godzilla is a completely serious film. There's no hint mm. of comedy or any levity in that film. It's bleak. <laughs> and then Godzilla Raids Again is pretty po-faced, really. It's it's a lot more campy and just trying to be an action movie, but it's not silly fun. It's, you know... So it's it's an odd decision they go in with just the third one. But this is the thing with Godzilla, is they, they are very willing to just do something completely different that completely 
contradicts <laughs> the character <laughs> of Godzilla as he's established or whatever. You know, as we've spoken about before, one of the films he can just talk. Uh, in one of the films he can fly for some reason. <laughs> like they'll just they'll just do whatever. I also noticed in that scene where. So King Kong kind of gets off the raft and he's going to escape. And he stands up in the ocean and it comes up to his waist. Uh, I'm saying, <laughs> it's a very shallow ocean, isn't it? <laughs> About 30 foot deep ocean. <laughs> so, yeah, I have some, some issues with their centre scale. <laughs> hey, it's the 60s. Everything was off scale. <laughs> you know what else I like actually is when at the end when they're like right we've got we've got to get rid of King Kong let's fly sorry we've got to get rid of Godzilla let's fly <laughs> King Kong in <laughs> to fight him how are we going to get <laughs> King Kong over there he's unconscious <laughs> they tie a load of balloons to him <laughs> and then they shoot the balloons <laughs> so King Kong's <laughs> King Kong's cool action entrance is to kind of awkwardly fall on his face and roll down a kind of ravine, <laughs> crashing into Godzilla. Uh, I, I must admit, of all of whatever I expect from this film, King Kong balloon was not was not on the list. <laughs> I could not have predicted that. Oh dear. It's a silly film, but it's not without its charms. I mean I, I well I, I I've looked up the score we gave uh, King Kong versus Godzilla way back when episode 40 it was Alan wow. that's a really early episode I didn't realize it was that early on four years ago yeah back in 2017 Calvin and I both gave King Kong versus Godzilla a five out of ten mm-hmm. that's the score I'm sticking with for both the original and the American cut there, there's very little difference really in quality I'd say I can agree uh, with that so yeah I'm giving it a five out of ten because it, it's you know it's not without its charms, but it's pretty stupid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I agree. Basically, I gave it a five out of ten on the basis that it was it was just a stupid film, and that's all it ever <laughs> intended to be. And it was got a few laughs out of it. I, I, it definitely didn't particularly engage my interest. You know, it didn't didn't hold me securely. Mm. And that's the American mm. version, obviously. I like, don't quite know yeah. how much difference there is. I, I I totally agree with you guys. Like you know, it, it has some dumb fun moments, uh, and it gives all a good chuckle. And even though it's kind of all over the place, and the dub isn't great, and the on the American <laughs> version, you know, it's 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 fine. It is what it is. I mean, it, it it's it serves the purpose as to getting these two iconic characters on the big screen in a fun and weird way. So yeah, it, it's not the worst, you know, movie in the Godzilla. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's better than King of the Monsters, yeah. <coughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> according to my rating, I will not have so, you bad enough, maybe. King of the Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Even though the upcoming Godzilla vs Kong is set in a completely different universe, obviously there are going to be some comparisons to the original for maybe throwbacks or the result in general or anything like that. You know, it may be silly and camp like the original, but. I think it's going to be better in terms of a consistent tone and, and a relatively interesting story within the wider mm. universe. Obviously, they've had more time to, to build that up. And obviously, the characters have been around for longer. So that's the advantage of the new one. Can I can I ask you guys a question about Godzilla versus Kong? As you are, you guys apparently are experts and apparently yes. proud of that for some reason. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so God, Godzilla versus Kong, 
I mean, that's Godzilla, obviously, isn't it? How is Kong going to beat Godzilla? It's ridiculous. Uh, in, in the trailer, you'll see that Kong has a has an axe made from the, uh, the dorsal fin of. Okay, you've lost me. You've lost uh, my interest already. <laughs> a dorsal <laughs> fin of something. He's reflecting atomic of, beams. Of, of, uh, yeah, it. exactly. That sounds <laughs> I'm amazing. Not <laughs> it How are you not interested yeah, in that? No, he's Alan, crafted what? an axe from the dorsal fin of of a of a previous descendant of Godzilla, of and therefore, because it's part of the Godzilla species, it's able to absorb slash def- deflect Godzilla's atomic. It makes breath. perfect sense when you explain it like that. Yeah, it makes total. Yeah, like, Alan, yeah, how do you make sense. any film better? Put Jason Statham in a King Kong outfit. <laughs> no, no, you put an ape in it. All right, put a Shrek in it. That's what you should do. Well, similar, yeah, but you put an ape in it. How do you make any film better than that? You give the ape a weapon, right? <laughs> and this film's done two of those things already, so I think it's going to be good. And then how do you make the film the best film ever? You put Godzilla in it. <laughs> I, give me a film where it's like a Komodo dragon and a chimp with a with a stick. <laughs> and just sort of film them and see what happens. Just tap, just tap, the chimp's just tapping the Komodo dragon with the stick. Take I think that. the Komodo dragon would win in that fight, to be honest. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. Pretty... probably. Deadly things, aren't they? Yeah. Sell a tape of banana to the Komodo dragon's head, just so, <laughs> just so the chimp doesn't just run away. <laughs> oh, I'd watch dear. that. I'd, I'd sooner watch that than Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> and then I'd just go on about how cruel it was. Well, you will be watching uh, Godzilla versus Kong, won't and, you, uh, Alan? For, thing, for this podcast, we'll be we'll be talking about it <laughs> on a Diminisode at some point in the future. Oh, yeah. you, I, I don't really know. To, how do you listen to the Diminisode song? Oh, uh, that, that was me queuing you up to do an advert for us. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted me to plug our Patreon. You're account. so yeah. you're so crap at advertising. You didn't even. Get it. Uh, yeah, Patreon.com forward slash Dim Returns. Uh, bonus episodes and and shit. Yeah, yeah. Such as our our original review of Godzilla King of the Monsters, where mm-hmm. I edited myself chanting Godzilla <laughs> into the music from the film. <laughs> that I was worked, so that actually worked really well. <laughs> I have to say, I appreciated that a great deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I um I don't know quite what's happening with the release of this film over here because obviously in America. Warner Brothers have just said, fuck it, everything's going to HBO Max day and day, same day that it comes out in the cinema. And there's a whole load of issues with that, and it's terrible for a lot of reasons. But then on the other hand, it does mean that the cinemas get a kind of consistent release schedule to work with that won't be delayed and pushed back. I mean, as far as I know, this is set to come out here in the UK in in March, um, same kind of time. It was it was um obviously it was brought forward from its May release to March and then it was slightly altered again for the States. I think the States are getting it March thirty first mm. and everyone else across the world is getting it five days earlier on March twenty sixth. Mm. Um over over here again we don't know if it's if they struck a deal with, say, Netflix or Amazon. I'd imagine it will probably go to something like Amazon like home premiere where you have to pay fifteen ninety nine to rent it or something like that. Which which I'd be I'd be happy to do so, of course. Apparently <laughs> Netflix made the a pretty substantial offer to them. A, you know, a substantial whack of money, but it wasn't enough <laughs> basically to to buy the film. Uh so yeah, I d I don't know, I don't know. I, I'm hoping it'll come out here without any problems. 
cinemas will be open again. <laughs> I don't care how it comes out over here, as long as it comes out when it comes out everywhere else. Like, I don't want to wait past the yeah. end of March. I mean, if I if I have to watch it at home, I will watch it at home. And then when it comes... Because, I mean, let's be honest, when cinemas reopen, a lot of the big films that have been released on home premiere in, in the last mm. few months, they'll be debuting at the cinema as soon as they're open. So yeah. as long as I enjoy it, which spoiler i definitely <laughs> um I'll, I'll be seeing it again in the cinema so you know but that's let's that's... hope for the sake of the film industry that everyone else does that as well because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i've i've just um i've remembered something that we we should have mentioned so oh god yeah. uh, the the woman in this there is a woman in it uh did you know who she was uh i don't know i don't know any of the actors in this film <laughs> Uh, you know this woman, it's Mia Harmer, who is, of course, the bride of Japanese Bond. Oh, wow. I'm surprised he didn't let you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, he's he's pretty private about these things. Guess we'll have to ask him about it next week, won't we, Alan? <laughs> is he on next week? Next week, come back, everyone. Uh, we're doing a, a big retrospective episode, even though that's arguably what this episode is. <laughs> uh, we're looking at a film that we we already covered on the podcast. We threw it up to people to vote for on our Patreon, which one they want us to go back to uh, look at again. And of course, they chose a James Bond film. Yes. Uh, you and we will twice. we will be having a very special guest on that. Yeah, yeah. We won't say who it is. It's a tease. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old friend who has connections to the film. Sorry, James. I'm sure no, none of this means anything to you. <laughs> this is deep diminishing returns law. <laughs> oh, something something else that I have to get obsessed with, like Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go back and listen to everything. Oh, now I get that reference. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, yeah, extra special huge thanks to our our guest this week, uh, James. Uh, do you, anything you want to plug, James, while you're here? Uh, well, first of all, thank you very much for having me. I had uh, a wonderful time. It was great to just gush over Godzilla in general. <laughs> you, you um, do that every yeah, night. I suppose. I, yeah, it's, <laughs> 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 it's a secret. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll plug my work for Starburst magazine. I'm a lead writer at Starburst. I'm an anime connoisseur there. I cover all the anime stuff and giant monster movies and all that good stuff there. So you can check out my work at starburstmagazine.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Midgemeister, that's M-I-J-M-E-I-S-T-E-R. Uh, I'm also a filmmaker. Um, my first short film, Sequestrations, on YouTube. It's all on my Twitter and stuff. And I've got another film, The Veil of Isolation, which was shot during uh, lockdown. That's in uh, post-production. And I'm also um, a producer, and I'm producing a new short film coming soon called File Not Found. So my, my work's out there. I talk about movies all the time and video games and anime and other nerd stuff so yeah that's uh i'm on the internet oh, very busy man <laughs> <laughs> i am indeed yeah is starburst magazine actually available as a magazine like printed out and stuff not right now but when it is normally yeah. but yeah it's on hiatus at the moment till april hmm. I, I think that's at the earliest but yeah you, you can you can buy the back issues that's, that's old school physical copies i don't think oh, anyone yeah. printed anything these days we are what we're, we're one of the only uh independent print magazines out there at the moment right. so we're very retro i mean we cover all independent stuff mainly but we cover you know the big big releases as well so I think the fact that we're so uh, entwined with the independent scene, that's why we're we're proper retro as well with print. <laughs> mm-hmm.
Well, thank you for listening to this episode. And as we just mentioned there, we are coming up to a bit of a milestone, 250th episode next week, which is going to be a little bit more of a self-indulgent <laughs> um, look at uh, another previous Bond film that we've looked at before. But I just wanted to take this opportunity to thank everyone for listening. We're nearly five years into this podcast now. We have a lot of fun doing it. It's also a lot of work and it's only worth it because people are actually listening. So really big thanks. And and do please get in touch. Talk to us. We enjoy going back and forth with the listeners and everything. So a, a sincere thank you. And do please continue to come back and continue to recommend us to your friends, rate and review us on iTunes, all that sort of stuff. Thank you and goodbye.